Okay, good morning, everybody. Great to see you. If you missed the big yellow signs on the way in, and there's some young ears sitting next to you that you don't want them to hear what we're about ready to say, now is the time to make your exit. No problem. We just want you to know. We're talking about the power of sex today. We're going to hit it straight on, the power of sex. Here's the thing. We're talking, obviously, we're talking a little bit about the Fifty Shades of Grey. It's not really, I have not read the book, okay? I've not seen the movie. We're not encouraging you to read the book or see the movie. We're not trashing it either. Did you hear what I said? We're not trash. That's not the point. Okay. This topic is very relevant, right? If you're a church person, I could ask you, how many times this week did you think about the Ark of the Covenant? How many times this week did you think about sex? Okay. When we talk about a topic that is so relevant, there is tremendous possibility for impact, right? The more relevant the topic, the more powerful the impact. This is a very important topic because the impact can be so powerful in our lives. And there are untruths that are told about this. There's shame that's associated with it. This is not a moment of shame this morning. God, I mean, I'm not, one, I'm not shaming anybody this morning, and I want you to know this. I want you to hear me on this. God is not interested in shaming you this morning. God's interested in loving you this morning. But we can, because we're not perfect, take wrong paths. And this morning is about God's path and what is best for us. As the Bible says, all things are permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Do you know what I mean? Has anybody gone down a path that's not beneficial? That's what this morning is about. So there's the disclaimer as a lead into this, the power of sex. We're having an open forum tonight for women at 5 o'clock church office up in Boston. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock for men, church office. Okay? All right. This book is extraordinarily popular. That's why we played what we did for you just a second ago. I have a lot of content for you this morning, so I'm going to apologize for talking fast, but you don't want me to speak for three hours. I know that, right? So I'm going to give you a lot of content in a short amount of time, but I don't want you to get lost in the weeds. So here's what this message is really all about. It's on the screen behind me. It's on the back of your blue bulletin. The story of Jesus is inescapable, and his wisdom is irrepressible. Now, just to seal that, would you do me a favor? Just to seal that in your minds, I don't want you to get lost. This is what this is all about. I'd like you to say this with me. Can you? All out loud together. Ready? The story of Jesus is inescapable and his wisdom irrepressible. His name is Christian. He requires her to sign a document that the Time magazine says requires her to give radical obedience, full submission to him. He whips her, he flogs her, he puts her up on a cross, and she is called his savior. Question to you, raise your hand. Have you ever heard that story before? Have you ever heard of a similar story before? Only three hands went up. His name is Jesus Christ. He submits, he's whipped, he's put on a cross, and people who are called Christians call him Savior, again, has anybody ever heard of a similar story to that before? An ancient Latin hymn has become very, very popular today, hitting number seven in the charts in the UK. It's called Speminelium. It means, I will put my hope in no other, popular in the Fifty Shades of Grey. 
right? He plays this hymn. He beats her and blares this hymn to her. I want to read you the words of this hymn because the story of Jesus Christ is inescapable, everybody. This movie, this book, has made this hymn popular. I have never put my hope in any other but in you, O God of Israel. Do you find this fascinating? Do you find this? I know you do. You can shake your head. You must. You must find this fascinating. Who can show both anger and graciousness and who absolves all the sin of suffering man, Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, be mindful of our lowliness. This is popular because of the 50 shades of gray. This is what's being sung. I will find hope. Jesus' story is inescapable. We don't find hope in a man or a woman or through sex. Even the 50 shades of gray is belting it out to us. There is only hope in God. God's story is inescapable. Christian psychologists in the book and in the movie tells Anna, the lead female character in this, you are his Damascus Road experience. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. You are his Damascus Road experience. Barbara Walters loves this book. She said this book is all about women submitting themselves to men, and she absolutely loves the book. She says this on The View. She says, when you go home, you want the guy to be in charge. Barbara Walters said that on The View. In the uh, book, Anna uh, says she considers herself Eve in the garden, and Christian is the serpent. The biblical allusions in the Fifty Shades of Grey are all over the place, constantly, constantly. Here's the thing. We cannot escape the story of Jesus. We cannot escape the wisdom of Jesus because it's irrepressible. It keeps surfacing even in the 50 shades of gray. You know what the Bible says about that? Psalm 139 says, God, if I go to the heights, you are there. And if I go down to the depths, you are also there. It doesn't matter where you go. You find Jesus everywhere. And his story, the story of Jesus Christ, is a longing that all of us have in our hearts. And we can't get away from it. The whole world longs for the story of Jesus, a story of redemption, of salvation. Even in the Fifty Shades of Grey, it is blared out at us. I will put my hope in no other but you, O God of Israel. We long for this story. Now, she says, she's Eve, right? And she's in the garden, he's a serpent. What do we know about the serpent? The serpent is a, a liar, Jesus says in John chapter 8. And he's the father of lies. Jesus says two very important things. In John chapter 8, it says, the truth sets us free. Some of us have been sold lies. Some of us have been told lies or we've heard things, some untruths. Oh, okay. Well, that must be true. And we've headed down a path that's taken us to a place that we did not want to go. And Jesus tells us this, the truth sets us free and that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. It's his whole job. He counterfeits things. He comes as an angel of light says, here's the way to fulfillment. Here's the way to satisfaction. And it actually does not lead us to fulfillment and satisfaction. It takes us down a wrong road. In the book, and again, I haven't read the book, but I've read information about the book a lot. She says she's feeling very guilty, okay? I want you to listen closely to his response. This is what he says. It's on the screen behind me. He says back to us, don't waste your energy on guilt. Feelings of wrongdoing, etc. We are consenting adults in what we do behind closed doors is 
between ourselves. You need to, please pay careful attention to this, you need to free your mind and listen to your body. Is that true? Is that true? Can you free your mind in sex, powerful thing, and it's just completely physical? Here, here's the thing, everybody. We hear information and we think it's true. We head down that path. But when you find out what the real truth is, what we need to do is adjust ourselves to the new truth that we have. I want to show you some commercials, some advertisements that happened 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Actual, um, actual advertisements that were in magazines. Look at the first ones for cigarettes. Doctor recommends, the doctors recommend that you smoke camel. And by the way, if you give your baby a puff, he'll be better too. Yes, smoking babies. Excellent idea. Doctor recommended. You, they would say, you can't read the, uh, the whole article. They would say, you know, if you're stressed out, which we all are in Washington, well, then light up. And Camel is your brand. Is that good for us to do? We look at this. Oh, they're so stupid. They thought this was cutting edge 50 years ago. This, I'm going to give you the second one. All right, let's look at Blatt's beer. This is great. How mother and baby picked up. We, mama, how many mothers do we have in the place? You need to pick me up? All right, get yourself a case of Blatt's beer. I know you can't read it, so I want to read it to you. Here's what it says in the fine print. A case of Blatt's beer in your home means much to your mother. Yes! And obviously, baby participates in the benefits. Let's get, let's get babies nursing on beer and smoking cigarettes. This is a great idea. This is a great idea. There's, there's your truth. That's what was advertised. There's your truth. Now, everybody... Do we now know the truth that that's completely wrong, right? Now we have to adjust because now we have truth. Okay, not a lot was studied about the issue of sexuality, but now it has been. A lot has been studied, and now we need to adjust ourselves to the truth that is out there, right? So what does that truth say? Back in the 40s, Dr. Alfred Kinsey said sex is physical, Go for it, man. It's all physical. Porn, nothing wrong with that. Immerse yourself in it. No consequences. It's all physical. You have urges. Freud, you have urges. Go for it. It's all physical. But you know what we know now? Not a preacher talking to you. What scientists, what people who are studying this will tell you is completely wrong. Completely wrong. It's not true. Listen to this. 56% of divorces involve one person having an obsessive addiction to pornography. Porn is destructive. Many couples today, many couples today view porn because they think that it's going to spice up their sex lives and all it spices up is their dissatisfaction for each other. It does not work. Husbands are giving their wives the 50 shades of gray, thinking somehow it's going to spice them up. And the only thing that happens is the wife becomes dissatisfied with the husband because he's not Christian gray, right? <laughs> he's not buying automobiles for her, and he's not a billionaire. All these That's all it does. Self Magazine, New Yorker Magazine, recently ran articles basically suggesting if you want to have great sex, stay away from from porn because it doesn't work. Here's what the studies show us. Studies show that porn leads to depression, isolation, anger, and violence. 88% of porn contains physical violence toward women. Let's look at Time Magazine. Cover story, Time Magazine, rape, the crisis in higher education. 20% of women today, this is a crisis on our campuses. New documentary. Who's heard of the new documentary came out called The Hunting Ground? The Hunting Ground. A couple of you heard about The Hunting Ground. That's what our college campuses are today to young women. It's a hunting ground. 
20% of young women will be sexually assaulted on our college campuses. You look at one of our graduating seniors who is a girl around here going off to college, 20%. We have a crisis in higher education over this issue of porn, objectifying women, piece of meat, take what I want and get it. 88% of porn contains violence towards women. All right. In 2012, D.C. ranked number one per capita in viewing porn. Number one. There's a lot of pornography being watched here in Washington, D.C. That's why we're doing the forum tonight. That's why we're doing the forum tomorrow night for men. Because we want to talk about this issue. Look, every guy in this place, right, all of us have friends whose marriage is suffering, whose career is suffering, who are depressed, who are isolating themselves, who are going numb to life, right? We have these friends like this. Why do you think we have so many ED commercials all over the place, right? Because porn is causing a problem. It's making a man's brain go numb. It doesn't work. Who are, who are our new evangelists on this issue? Who's lead, is, it a, is it a Bible thumper? Is the church leading the way saying, oh, man, it's bad. Here's what you need to know. And this is a cool thing of hope. Our new evangelist today. Here, let's take a look at him. There he is. There he is. He's coming out hard against porn. Say, objective, it's terrible. Get away from it. Russell Brand, who's our next one? Terry Crews. He's the new evangelist, not a Bible preacher. Who's the, who's the third guy? Hugh Grant. There's a new website called Fight the New Drug, started by two young guys, two secular young guys, not Christians, not Bible thumpers, young guys. Because we look what's happening, oh man, is there any hope? You know what? God says there is hope. I will raise it up outside the church. People who say porn kills love. Now you have a whole group of young people, young men, running around with shirts that say porn kills love. The Bible's been saying this for years. Bible's been saying this for years because we long for something far more than that. So we're going to come together tonight at the women. There'll be one guy in the place. That'll be me. So if you're angry, you can nail me tonight at 5 o'clock at the church office. Tomorrow night, men, Russell Brand is going to show up. He's going to talk to us a little bit via video screen. We're going to hear a really cool talk, and we're going to do some, we're going to do, we're going to do some fun stuff. We are looking for more. Everybody, listen, listen, listen. We're looking for more than the physical. Sex is far more, far more than the physical. Here's, here's the biblical word for sex, yada. Please fill that in, yada. It is the Hebrew word for sex, and it means to know, and it transcends the physical. It transcends the physical. There's more to say. This is what the Bible has been saying. Now, how many people are familiar with that word, yada? One. One person. You all know this word. Every single one of you knows this word. Ready? I want you to say it three times with me out loud, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Yada, yada, yada. Hello. Seinfeld made that popular years ago, right? Yada, yada, yada. We crave that. We crave yada, yada, yada. It's more than physical. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's mental. What the Bible describes to us is two people, right? Two people become one. They become united. They become glued together through this bond called sex. And when you glue something with really strongly glue two things together, what happens when you pull that glue apart? It hurts. It hurts. And you lessen yourself because pieces of you go away to that other person. and pieces of them go away to you. So rip away, and now you've lessened, they've lessened, you've lessened, and now you go and you, you connect sexually with somebody else and you, you get glued to them, united to them. You still have a piece. So I, you can read all these studies now. 
People are saying, you know what? You know, I've had four, five, six partners. Listen, listen, listen. Not just real life partners. It could be a, like an on-screen partner because they've watched porn or they've read porn or what? Or they've had an internet chat room or something like that. And then like may, later they meet somebody like, I, I got all these people in the bedroom with me. I got 10, 15 people in the bed. I can't get this other person out of my mind. So what happens with the Fifty Shades of Grey, a husband gives his wife, oh, this is good. Well, man, it's going to make it. It's going to make our sex life awesome. Okay, and they're having sex, and she's thinking about Christian Grey. What husband is excited about that? Or, or we've had multiple sex partners like, you know what? I can't stop thinking about him. I can't stop thinking about her. We're glued to them. And the good news is, is that God can sever that. I was reading a story of one woman. She says she had multiple sex partners, and now she's married. She's like, I can't stop thinking about the other guys in my life. They're like haunting me. They're like with me. They're like stuck to me. She got together with somebody, and they prayed that God would sever, that Jesus Christ would sever those bonds that had been created because it was destroying their current marriage. Are you hearing me? We drag all those people into bed with us when we get into marriage. Because we're glued together. Our souls are tied. It's called dopamine. Dopamine is the agent that God equipped us with, the bonding agent that God put inside of us, that when we are sexually aroused with somebody else, through viewing, through real life, through reading, whatever it might be, we are then bonded to them, glued to them, and they are now stuck to us. Dopamine unites. It's the bonding agent that we have. So when we mix... Something as powerful as sex, right? With fiction or fantasy, it becomes a problem. Here's the thing, everybody. I cannot compete with Christian Gray. I can't compete with this dude. Man, he's too much. Think about this guy. This guy's perfect. He's a billionaire. I don't think I'm ever going to become a billionaire. I'm open to the idea, but I don't think it's... <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to happen. They go on these amazing dates, helicopter rides, yacht rides, gliders, right? He buys her iPads and laptops and a new wardrobe and a $14,000 book collection. He buys her a home on the coast. He does all these things for her. He buys the company that, he, that, that she works for so she, he can keep an eye. He's incredibly handsome. I got a problem with that. He's incredibly fit. I know I got a problem with that, right? He always knows the right thing to say and do. I always know the wrong thing to say and do. This dude is perfect. I can't compete with this guy. They have sex all the time, everywhere. They just touch each other and the fires just whoosh, right? Right? And they always reach the mountaintop at the same time. That is fiction, everybody. So you, 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 you right? Right? You read that stuff like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to work. This is great sex education. Oh my gosh. And then you get into real life with somebody and nothing's working like that. Nothing's working like it. Whoa, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? You need to do it for me. It's just not working because that's not reality. That's not reality. And it leads to tremendous satisfaction. So when we read about porn or we view porn, and then we get in a real-life situation with somebody, we're like, oh, my gosh, this isn't working. Porn always makes us focus on me. Yada always makes us focus on we. That's what happens. That's real life. That's the way life works. Now, we have a real-life example of that. Washingtonian Magazine. This came out this past month. There's a story in here about Tinder. Now, you guys are so hip, I don't have to explain Tinder, but for the two or three people in here who don't know what Tinder is, Tinder is an app on your phone that you just hit on it, right? 
and it'll show you people that are somewhat proximity to you. You get a you know, profile on them, see what they look like, and then you can, you can hook up. You can hook up with them. Super hot, hot app. And so they did a whole article, and they tracked these people's lives. So there was a woman. She's 37 years old. She's recently divorced, and, you know, sex is just sex. It's all physical, and she wanted to, you know, she wanted to feel better after her divorce. So she's on Tinder, and she came across a 33-year-old doctor, and dude looks hot. And he talked to really big games, that he was great in bed. And so they sexted each other. It's all in there. You can read the article. They sexted each other for a couple weeks. And after they kind of got built up into a huge lather, they decided to meet at a hotel room. It's all physical, everybody. So they met in this hotel room. And you know what happened? Nothing happened. It didn't work. It didn't work. So they decided to, you know, let's take a break. Go down to the hotel lobby to the bar. Let's do some drinking, okay? <laughs> That always makes things better. Okay, let's go down to the bar and do some drinking to make things better, and then we'll come back. We'll come back, and everything will work fine. Well, they go to the bar, they come back to the room. And you know what happened? They came back the second time. Second time, it didn't work. Now it should work because it's all physical, but it didn't work. And now she's so drunk, right, that she can't get home, and her car's at the hotel. And so he sends a cab to drive her home, and that's it, right? They don't see each other again. She's so drunk that hung over the next morning, and she doesn't have her car. She has to Uber her elementary-age daughter to school. She's like, I think that's how she got to school. It's a recipe for disaster. But see that we read about these things. Oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. When we find out what the real truth is about yada, 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 we have to begin to adjust ourselves to that because that's what we truly long for. Proverbs chapter 6 says it this way. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So, now this is tough, guys. This is actually a tough one here. So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. I think for the most part, every single woman has been created uh, and with almost, right, a lot, very widespread, uh, to be married. And so what the scripture is saying here is, you're sleeping with a woman, you're sleeping with another guy's wife, and God's not happy about that. And we just have to, we have to think about that. I'm going to talk about five longings of a woman. They're from this book called Pulling Back the Shades. We will talk a lot about this tonight in the open forum for women. Pulling Back the Shades. And well, the first, here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you. Five longings of a woman. I want to say this to you straight up. Guys can try to help with these five longings, and we should. And we should. I'll make a case for that in a moment. But I just need you to know right up front that only Jesus Christ can give us the living water. Only Jesus, woman, can give living water. There's no man that can give living water. Right? So sad news is Prince Charming is broken, and so is his horse. And you, yeah, you're ready for him to ride into town. So just all right, so it's all that take with a measure. Number one, all right, number one, to escape reality. Women need a break. They need a break. They want a break. You know, I, I heard this before. A, women, a, a woman's mind, her brain, like a computer, has all these windows running at the same time. Like, I look at my wife's computer. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, it's making me sad to look at your computer. There's all these windows that are open. It's too much. Simplify. Simplify. It's too much. You look at my computer. I've got one window running. That's the way life should be. But women, their minds. People say, all right, studies show that a woman's brain, in between the right and the left, bank, it's like a super highway that's running between 
the two. For men, it's like a narrow country road, right? There's not a, right? So there's all this stuff going that's moving back and forth, and they need a break because they have so much going on. And so this is why you take a woman on a date. There are married couples who haven't been on a date in 10 years. And if you're a single man taking a woman on a date, please, please plan a date. What are we going to do tonight? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Come on, man. Come on. She needs a break from reality. Figure something out and take her on a great day. Does anybody want to say amen to that? Amen. All right. You're much more engaged than the 930 service because the women like gave nothing. Okay. So look, look. So if you're a single guy, plan something. If you're a husband, Lord, have mercy on you. Take your wife out on a date. Let her escape from reality. Take her on vacation. Listen, I'm serious. The home spells stress. If you love your wife, husband, if you love your wife, you'll get her out of the house, get her out on date because the house is stressed. For you, it's relaxed. You come home like, I'm in my cave, baby. That's all I want, right? Not her. She comes home and her mind is just rolling. You have to get her out of the house and away from the stress on dates and on vacations. You don't have to spend a ton of money. Chris says, let's, let's go up to West Virginia and sleep in a tent. I, I hate that. Stupid. But I do that for her, right? We're escaping. We're escaping reality. And mothers... Right? If you're a married guy and you have kids, particularly young kids, oh my goodness, there's so much going on in a woman's mind who has kids. Mom, 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 mom. Krista says to me sometimes, get the kids out and get yourself out of here, right? Just get away. Thank you. Okay. Take, let her escape reality. That's how you love her. She wants that. She wants that desperately. So provide that for a mom to escape reality. All right. The message that is given to women that they need a break from is, and it started in the garden <laughs> a long time ago. Genesis chapter 3 contains it. What does the devil come along and say to her basically to Eve? You are not enough. Now listen. I've read a lot of studies. I've talked to a lot of women over the years in ministry. This is very consistent. A woman looks at her picture. She can immediately see her flaws from a mile away. The message that comes to women all the time, they're inundated every day. This room is filled with women that in the last 30 minutes, you've thought about it multiple times already. You are not enough. You have flaws. You are imperfect. You need an escape from reality from that. Now, God loves you perfectly. He looks at all your flaws and says, I love you. I love you just like you are. Husbands need to come around your wives and cherish them with your words, and which leads us right into the second point, the longing of a woman. She wants to be cherished by a man. She wants to know flaws and all, I choose you. Flaws and all, I choose you. I had that song played in the beginning. It became so popular from the Fifty Shades of Grey. Because what is it singing? What's the message? Girl, you're perfect. You're perfect. God Put it in a woman's heart to long to hear that. You are perfect, and that's what God says about you. That's what Jesus Christ, the true Savior, says about you, not Christian Gray. He's, you're perfect. Flaws and all, you are perfect. Anybody have seen that movie, The Notebook? Okay. All right. So one of the most, you look on all these sites, it's always rated as one of the most popular romantic movies of all time, right? And he's there with her, Alzheimer's, right to the end. Sometimes she's angry. Sometimes she's yelling at him, but he's right there. He's taking it all. He's taking it all. And some, of, some, some guys here, whether single or married, you know, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out who, you know, to marry, and I don't know, you're looking for perfect. Here's the deal. Bible says, Ephesians chapter 5, husbands, love your wife as Jesus loved the church. The church is Jesus' bride. You think the church is perfect? You think sometimes the church is crazy? 
And sometimes Jesus looks down and says, you all nuts. I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just, I'm speaking to men for a minute, ladies. So give me a break. Okay. Quit looking for perfection. God has put it in a man's heart to be sold out to a woman. You can fight that all you want. You can argue it, but God has put it in a heart. And that's why movies like The Notebook and movies like Braveheart and movies like Gladiator resonate. It's in us. Let it come out. We have to let it come out. That's what's there. She longs to be cherished. Number three, to be protected by a strong man. Krista says, one of the most romantic things you ever say to me, this is what she says, is how can I help you? How can I help you? I have single women say this to me all the time. I would just enjoy a husband in my life who would help to shoulder the burden, the burden of all the decisions, the burden of life, the burden of all things to do, for a man to come in and to protect. Like Barbara Walters said, I read the quote a few minutes ago, when you come home, you want the man to be in charge. You don't want the man to be in charge in a bad way. That's not what the Bible was, not doing that at all, but in a good way, in a loving way, to lift the burden that is on us. Number four, to help a man. To help a man. How many times have you seen oh, this woman, she's got her whole life together, and here she is over here dating this guy, and you're looking at him saying, oh my gosh, man, the dude is smoking weed, he's got tracks all up his arm, he just got out of jail. You're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This desire, listen, here's what you need to know, ladies. You can help a man. You can't save a man. And if you're trying to save a man, you're getting in Jesus' way. So get out of his way. You can assist him, but you cannot save him. So quit trying to save men. Not going to work. Don't do it. Don't sell yourself out to that. It's only going to hurt you. It's going to lead you down a bad road. Now, the Bible says that God created women to be helpers, helpmates. There's nothing subservient about that. Zero subservient about that whole idea, that word. It doesn't mean anything like that. But you are a helper, and we do need you. And I've often said this. Men left alone to themselves, we're a complete disaster. I just give you it. Like, we sit around, and we create movies like Jackass the Movie, or Bad, right? right? Bad Grandpa, you know? I saw this advertiser, Bad Grandpa, you know, on, on Netflix. So what, is, what is that all about? I watched like the first five minutes. It was a stupid, it was hilarious, but it's just, it, was, it was the stupidest thing in the world, you know? Okay, so, but this is what we do. So we do, I just want to say it. We do need you. Okay, you can help us. I'm going to say something tough now. And this is pretty well known. Okay, and you're helping of us helping of men, sometimes you try to motivate us by being critical of us. And just, just, newsflash, that ain't working. <laughs> it's just, hello, it's not working. You're better off grabbing a pair of pom-poms and start cheering your boy on for something good that you see him doing. Will any man in the room say amen to that, right? Okay, right. So do that, so cheer, cheer that on. I know there's a tendency, you, I'm just saying, there is a tendency to be critical or the nag. There is, I'm, I, yes, there is. Motivate him by being positive. Okay, now I got one other, and I'm going to ask actually the music team to come up and join me because they're, they're going to have a very special song, and I want to cover the last point, then I want to tell you a story, and we're done, all right? And I got just a few minutes left to do this. All right, the fifth one is this, to be sexually alive. All right, she longs to be sexually alive. She longs for yada, 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 and so do you. So do men. Both men and women long to be alive. Now, you might think, oh, no, I just want, you know, I just want the sex. But, but we have, if you just want the sex, I mean, you got your computer and you just go to town all day long, all right? But here's what the studies, here's what the science is showing us. Here's what the science is showing us. Ain't working. 
dissatisfaction, unfulfillment, frustrated, angry. That's what it leads to. So there you go, everybody. It's not. It's not just physical. It's more a guy and a girl both long for yada, 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 to know each other, deep fulfillment. This is what we long for. Listen, God created sex. God created. He's the one that, if you're looking for a reason to praise God this morning, right? Praise God. I don't know why I should praise God. Well, God created sex. Thank you, Lord. I have something to praise you about. Not only that, God didn't find Adam and Eve behind a tree somewhere and say, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Why did you think of that? God actually commanded it. It's the first commandment in the Bible. There they are in all of their nakedity, right? Before each other. And God says, have sex, have fun, have kids, go for it. God is the creator. He's not shaming us. I know a lot of times there's a, there's a confusion, even in the church today, a lot of times. Right? Oh, it's some shameful thing. No, 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 no. My, my Lord, have mercy. God is the creator of sex. He's the commander of sex. One commandment that we seem to enjoy, right? He's the commander of sex, and he calls us have sex. Now, women, never give a man... This is going to make some people upset. Never give a man sex if he's not going to marry you, or he's not married to you. Let me say it a better way. All right? His wisdom is irrepressible. We find it everywhere. What did Beyonce say? Come on. If you want it, if you want it, okay, so you're mad at me, okay, get mad at Beyonce. If you want it, baby, (laughs) get mad at Beyonce. If you want it, put a ring on it. That's how it works. And guys, the other four things, they all got to come first before number five. Those things have to come first. Now, let me conclude by telling you a story. I'm going to talk about Adam, and I'm going to talk about the woman at the well. God gave Adam a job, provide, protect, pursue very clear in scripture very clear provide protect pursue adam was right there with eve when she was being tempted and what adam needs to do is he needs to repent of the sin of passivity see we all think about eve and the fruit and boy she's being she's being deceived by the liar who's coming as an angel of light telling her you're not enough you need something more and i'll lead you down the path she believes it and then she's heartbroken let's back up let's back up before that happens God says, you protect her. You protect this garden. You protect her. And Adam went apathetic. The studies are pretty clear. There is a dramatic increase in men who will not initiate sex with their wives. There's a dramatic increase in men who will not pursue their wives. Single women say this to me all the time. I can't find a man to pursue me. What I want to say this morning, there's a bunch of us guys, both married and single, who just simply need to do our jobs. We need to get up on our horse, as broken as it is, and do our jobs. We were given a job, provide for her, protect her from the lies, and to pursue her. That is our job given to us by God. Do any women in the room want to say, I'm going to cheer for that? Does anybody want to say, yes, do that? So cheer them on. This is what, and this is the way it works, everybody. This is when it becomes super beautiful, is when we do the job that God gave us. And there's some of us in this room that we need to repent of the sin of Adam this morning. We say, God, forgive me. I've not done my job. I've not provided. I've not protected. I've not pursued. And I'm repenting of that sin this morning. I'm going to ask that you do a new thing. Okay, that's the guys. All right. Women, I'm going to close out with talking to you just real briefly. 
this is a historical fact. This is a historical fact. Jesus Christ did more for women than any other person has ever lived in the history of mankind. Jesus Christ has done more. Historical fact. Check it. Read it. Go ahead. Open up your history books. There was a time when you could trade your wife for a camel. Take your wife down to the Toyota. See if you can trade her in for a Camry. There was a time when women were just a piece of property. And Jesus Christ came in and he changed all of that. And the longest conversation we have of Jesus in the scripture... The longest conversation we have Jesus Christ in the scripture is with a lone woman at the well, sexually ashamed, unfulfilled, hurting. He goes out of his way to get to her, to this Samaritan woman who really wasn't interested in the same spiritual things that he was interested. And he went to her who was unfulfilled, who had five husbands and could not find fulfillment. And he says, I am your living water. If you are praying today that your husband would be your salvation, that you would find your salvation, your fulfillment in the living water of your husband, I have news for you. Prince Charming is broken, and so is his horse, but Jesus Christ has the living water. Quit praying for a husband to get fulfillment and just start saying, Jesus, bring me fulfillment all by myself. He'll give it to you. He will give it to you. He has the living water. We're getting ready to sing this song. It's all about living water in just a second. This is a very painful thing. And look, I'm a little passionate this morning because my heart goes out to you. I, you, I hope you understand me. I know some of you are mad at me, but that's okay. I want you to know none of this is said in shame. Everything is born out of conversations that I've had with so many people. But God loves you so much more than I could ever love you. And he has great plans and intentions for you. And he wants to give you living water. How does the Bible end? How does it end? It ends with Prince Charming. It ends in the book of Revelation. It ends with Jesus Christ riding in on a white horse to rescue his bride. His story is inescapable. His wisdom is irrepressible. Jesus Christ wants to change your life this morning. We're going to sing this song and believe for living water just to flow down into our hearts and our lives. And the guys are going to be praying on this wall. And the ladies are going to be praying on this wall. And we're going to believe for something special. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you have a better way. I know, God, in this room, all of us, man, we hear all this stuff. And we're drawn away by our own desires. And we hear things that are supposed to be truth. And we're like, oh, my goodness, it wasn't true. And now we're hurting. And now we're like, heal my heart and sever all the ties that have happened. We have friends who are destroying their lives. And we're concerned about them. Almighty God, would you please come down with your truth and with your water that brings true life to us. God, bring fulfillment to us in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.